This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 166, listener feedback, Jamboree. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I've been joined by my friend, Steve McDonald. Hi, everybody. And we are here to talk about some listener feedback. Jamboree! <laughs> yeehaw! It's been a long time since we've done one of these, and part of that comes down to we don't get feedback that often, and part of it comes down to when we did get some feedback a while ago, uh, it came at a weird time in our schedule and in our lives, and so then it kind of got left on the wayside, and part of it comes down to we just had other things that we were doing, so <laughs> we're going to do this now because we've had people take the time to send us some thoughts and send us some, some ideas, and we want to go ahead and, and well, honor that, so let's... Yeah. Let's do that. Now, we have some voicemail, and we have a couple of written emails. And honestly, I do apologize. If we have accidentally missed uh, a feedback, there is no feedback that we've gotten where we've said, oh, we're not going to do anything with that because that's dumb or because they're cussing too much. Or you know, we haven't gotten anything that we've said, oh, that we're, we're not touching that. Uh, if we have not read feedback from you, it probably just got caught in one of those cracks that – we just weren't able to, to check when we should have. and It's not you, it's us. It is, it is. And that's no excuse, but it kind of, yeah, it kind of does get used as an excuse. But it really is our fault. And so I just want to put that out there right now. But uh, I do think we should, we, like I said, we need, to, we need to read this. We had some stuff that... We want to talk about a little bit from the emails, and I actually have some voicemails that just came recently, and I haven't listened to yet, so I don't oh. even know what they're going to be about. So, uh, yeah. So, where do you want to start, Steve? We got a couple website comments I wanted to bring up, and then we have a, a rather lengthy email from a listener that we wanted to uh, address, and then we have some voicemails from July and some voicemails from October and November. So why don't we do the the short stuff first and then the voicemails and then do the uh, letter address at the end. Okay. Well, the short stuff is it is short and it's recent too. That's the other thing. Um mm. and when I say recent, I mean well one of them's th 2 months old. But you know, it's it's recent. Uh and these are short and usually we 
yeah, well, I'm just going to read this. This this one's from uh, Jeff. It's from the website. Uh, it's a comment left on our episode, Fantastic Four Movies to Watch, or Four Fantastic Movies, rather, to Watch Instead of Fantastic Four. That's episode mm-hmm. 139 or 159 of the podcast. And uh, Jeff writes in and says, interesting idea about Fox trying to sully Marvel's name. I've always <laughs> thought they were underhanded like that. Why else would they use Joss Whedon so poorly with Firefly and Dollhouse? Hmm. I appreciate your finding the similarities between Fox failing to please people and the church doing the same. Forcing relevance is the quickest way to lose it. And what he's referring to is when I said that maybe Fox knew that the movie was so bad that they were going to release it intentionally bad because then it still had the Marvel name up front and people would be like, oh, Marvel. This is great Marvel movie. Let's go see Marvel movie. And then they see it like (laughs) Marvel movie. That was terrible. Marvel stinks. And then Fox (laughs) could be like, (laughs) we lost some money, but we took some down with us. Yeah. Sounds like something they do. And then uh, Rodas wrote us. And (laughs) Rodas is that the Rodas is the name. R. Republican of the United States. uh, No, R. H-O-E-T-U-S is the name. And I, I don't know how to exactly pronounce it, but that's that's how I'm saying it. Rotus. Okay. And Rotus, as I said, wrote us. Us. Uh, to reply to our favorite animated superhero series, episode 162. That was a good one. Yeah. Well, you might think it was a good one, Steve. I do. I might think it's a good one, Steve. Uh-oh. Rodus might think it's a good one, but yes! he has a bone to pick. And here's Uh-oh. I am assuming he, but uh he says, "What is wrong with you people?" See, you know, when you start <laughs> with that, you know, they may like you, but they got a bone to pick. And he yeah. says, uh, "No Teen Titans go?" Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, when my first yeah. uh, when my son first started watching this, I thought he was crazy. But I kept hearing funny things from the next room. And eventually I found myself leaving whatever I was doing to watch the latest zany antics. Teen Titans Go is my number one. As my wife would tell you, much to her chagrin. <laughs> I think when I was I was researching this, like like right at go time. And I don't think I actually got up to the year that Teen Titans Go came out. So... I was looking at it chronologically, and I don't think I got to that that year yet. So I apologize if I left that off the list. That's a great one, yeah. Okay, so you are familiar with it. Oh, yeah. Is that the one that's on right now? Uh, there's a, a reboot of it. So it's it's much more um, Powerpuff Girl, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> almost like animation. But um, So is Teen Titans Go, is that the anime one that they had like years yeah. ago? Yeah. Okay. But the, the the new one, I believe, is also called Teen Titans Go. Okay. Um, and it's I think it's it continues on from the other one, but it's much more. Uh, yeah, almost I I haven't seen a lot of it, so I might be wrong, but I think it's more like a chibi type of a, okay. a feel to it. So, in answer to your question, what is wrong with you people? Uh, here's what's wrong with Steve. You just heard. <laughs> What's wrong with Steve in that he just didn't read far enough in his Wikipedia article. Right. Yeah. Right. What's wrong with me? I don't have cable 
and I'm familiar with it, but not enough to know that I would like it or not. Not enough to get on the list. What was wrong with Evan? He's Evan. (laughs) I mean, there's not much more I can say to that. Uh, Of the three of us, Evan would be probably the one I would have pegged as someone who would have liked Teen Titans Go. And he might. I mean, we were just talking about our top ten. So, yeah. All right, and so from there, we're going to go to some voicemails. Hey, guys, mails. this is Hank Harwell calling in on the uh, episode regarding the fantasy football and other fantasy sports. Uh, that was really a lot of fun, actually, and uh, I enjoyed it and really got a kick out of the fact that you named uh, several of the sports that I would have uh, put on there. Namely, uh, you got in there uh, raking from Max Headroom. You, I think you anticipated that I would probably call in about that. Yes, we did. <laughs> and uh, I was really impressed that you came up with uh, with Death Race. Uh, again, not a movie that I could necessarily recommend for everyone, but uh, just that uh, was one that was an interesting uh, uh, sports-related film. I did notice uh, that there were a couple of others that uh, you didn't pick up on, mostly because I'm guessing they were not in the film or TV uh, uh, um, media. Um, one is Robert Asprin's, uh myth series had a game called literally The Big Game, which seemed to be a, a cross between soccer and football. Um, then there was uh, in Max Headroom. You you may not have realized it because it wasn't a uh, feature, but they often ref- referenced Scumball, which seemed to be like soccer with big dune buggies. <laughs> Uh, then there was uh, also, uh, in light of uh, Death Race, you forgot about the role-playing game, Auto Dueling, which is more pugilism or death sport than um, than than uh, uh, actual racing. But nice. anyway, good list, great list, great fun, and uh, I uh, enjoyed every bit of it. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, thanks, Hank. Wow, nice, nice to uh, pulling some stuff out of literature and uh, and role playing games. Yeah, role playing games. There's there's probably yeah. a lot of uh, stuff in role playing games where if you just dig deep enough, you'll find, you know, those types of things. So, well, you know, and I know good, good I catches. with role playing, uh, there was Car Wars that I used to play too, mm-hmm. but that was yep. more just random encounters on random streets out in the middle of nowhere more of a more of a mad max type of thing than than a gaming uh, or or a sport kind of thing so yeah but yeah thank you nice. hank but um we're not done hearing from hank um, we've got a couple more from him here so i'm gonna go ahead and let's kick this one in here uh, i believe this is yeah this is about our top 10 blockbusters episode that we did Oh, cool. So here's Hank. It's loading. I'm vamping. <laughs> hey, guys. This Here is Hank Harwell again. I just finished listening to your uh, Top Ten Blockbusters episode. And I had some thoughts, uh, first of all, um, regarding Sound of Music. That is uh, my wife's all-time favorite movie, and she made me sit down and watch it with her once. And I've got bits and pieces of it other times, as well as the stage version of it. So uh, I'm a little side of music out uh, right now. But <laughs> one thought that I, uh, I thought would be interesting to share is, I don't know if anybody else caught this or not, but the actress playing one of the children in The Sound of Music also played uh, 
one of the characters in the TV series Lost in Space. So there's a little bit of a geek connection uh, for you mm-hmm. if that helps. It might, and then they get, it might not. Uh, and there's also uh, some thoughts about Dr. Zhivago. I've had the opportunity to uh, to see it on TV. And, uh, guys, if you've not seen it, let me just warn you, it is as slow and as long as a Russian winter. Uh, forget the running I'm so time. Old. It, it, it just feels longer than, than that, uh, based on what I remember seeing. Uh, once was enough for me, and I'm happy to move on. Uh, a suggestion as a follow-up, though, is, you know, you talk about the top ten blockbusters. might be interesting to do uh, the bottom ten uh, bombs uh, and flops of all time uh, and then try to turn that into, you know, especially with uh, genre and speculative fiction uh, films and how bad have we got that, uh, in that respect. Anyway, some thoughts. Good episode again. Uh, I keep saying that, but you guys keep doing good episodes. I'm going to keep telling you. So have a great day, and we'll talk again later, I'm sure. Bye. Well, we had some flops this year. I mean, there's Fantastic Four, first thing to come to mind. Gem and the Hologram. And that's the second one to come to mind, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, they they made a kind of a deal about how Universal was pulling it from theaters or something like that uh, because it didn't do well. I don't know if Universal had to pull it from theaters because I'm pretty sure if I was a theater owner and I was wasting one of my theater spaces with something that no one wanted to go to. But I'll say this, Steve. I've seen every G.I. Joe movie. Mm -hmm. I've seen every Transformers movie. Wow. And Jem was a part of that cartoon universe. Really? It was, and so I have been tempted to go, not to see it in a theater, but to, I guess, eventually watch Gem and the Holograms and see, well, what, what's it all about? And then, when I find out how bad it is, I'm just thinking to myself, I just might need to watch this movie. Wow. Brave man. Yeah. But the way I see it, I would... Go to see this movie to see if it is as bad as Fantastic Four or Pixels. That's that would be what I would be doing. But that's the third, I guess, that I would think of from this year of yeah, just, just this year alone. I, I don't know how Pixels. well Pixels did, but no. Ugh. I mean, I, I saw Fantastic Four and it was not good. <laughs> I tried to enjoy it. I tried to sort of put myself away from the hype. And all that stuff. But still, yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever I see a franchise or a a movie, honestly, that's based on something that I like, let's just go there. Mm. The Narnia movies, you know, The yeah. Hobbit. And I start finding myself not liking it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm able to disconnect and say, but is it a good movie for the genre right you know if it wasn't called fantastic four Mm -hmm. would i like it more no and the answer is no to that one (laughs) absolutely no right but there are other ones that would work if it was just a different you know something unrelated 
So yeah, yeah just a I, different I title. That's point. all it would need. A yeah. Different title. Yep. The Fantastic Four? No, no. Now Gem? Maybe. Maybe. I did watch Gem back in the day. Uh, it could be another, you know, hidden jewel like Josie and the Pussycats or something. Or no, no, not. A joke. I don't uh, want the hate mail. I was joking. <laughs> all of our Josie and the Pussycats fans that are going to write in because you're being sarcastic about Josie and the Pussycats. I was just being a little flip on the Josie and the Pussycats. All right. All right. Well, we got one more voicemail from Hank. And all here right. it Rock comes. Blam. Blammo. Blam. Here it comes. Boom. Kablam. <laughs> Kab. Here it is. Kablam. I need a better way to. There we go. Blam. Here we are. Hey guys, this is uh, Hank Harwell again, and I just wanted to say I never realized how much superhero animated television there was until your uh, your episode here. This was great. Wow. Um, I, my experience is only limited really to the. Uh, um, Super Friends, and that was as far as I ever got. So it's kind of cool to hear about all the different uh, shows. Um, you're, at the end, y'all were talking about uh, Battle of the Planet, Gatchaman, and I'm, I have to say I never saw Gatchaman. Uh, I saw Battle of the Planet, and I I really don't like the sanitized anime, and that's all I know about anime. And so I've always just had a rather dislike for characters like Seven's Arc 7 and other cutesy type <laughs> characters that help sanitize, again, yeah. the anime shows. The only Japanese anime show that I ever really enjoyed was uh, uh, Star Blazers hmm. with the uh, 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 space battleship Yamato. That was uh, just phenomenal, and I really, really, really wish that I could see the original all the way. Uh, and then watch the, the series all the way through. Anyway, that's an idea for a future episode, though, maybe is uh, uh, your favorite anime uh, series. Um, I'd be interested in hearing that because I'd like to see if maybe uh, it's just me or if it was because they sanitized it and put cutesy characters in there that I just absolutely can't stand. <laughs> anyway, uh, talk to you later. Uh, thanks for another good episode. Keep it going, guys. You're awesome. Bye. Yeah, I can definitely feel him on the Seven Zark Seven hatred. <laughs> yeah, but when I was seven. Oh yeah, I was. Or six. I mean, so you had. I mean, you were coming from like. You know, I didn't Kimba. care. I didn't care. <laughs> I did not care. I would yeah. rush home. Oh yeah. And I would, you know, the bus door would open. I would run into the house and I would run downstairs and I would turn on Battle of Planets. And on lucky days, I would get to see the opening credits. Yeah. But there were times when I would get there, you know, five, ten minutes into the episode. But it didn't matter. I mean, that's that that year. That's what I would do. Now, I do have yeah. a Star Blazers story or the Space Battleship Yamoto. Uh, I'm not real familiar with that series. I did watch the live action movie, which wasn't wow. bad, which wasn't bad. Uh, by the way, I also Gatchaman has a live action movie. Yeah. It's not bad if you're just excited to see the people that you liked when you were a kid right. in flesh and blood right. um, with bad special effects in an overlong movie. Wow. But if, if, you, if you're into that, you know, you, you 
you should grab that movie because it's where it's, can you it's find it? Are, you. They on, are they on Netflix or no? The 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 Gatchaman movie, the live YouTube? action one, I don't think is on Netflix or anything like that. I I purchased the DVD. So YouTube maybe. <laughs> it, you you might be able to find it there, but uh, ah. with Star Blazers, I remember. Uh, I went to a friend's house for a week when I was in first or second grade, whatever year it was when I was watching Battle of Planets 2. And I don't know why I was there for so long, but I got to be a part of their VBS that they had in their backyard. And, you know, I have other memories associated with that. My mom has a memory associated with that where she called on the phone and I was talking to her on the phone and she said, I miss you. Do you miss me? And I just said, no, because, you know, <laughs> I was really, really young. And yeah. anyway, uh, my friend was so excited that we were going to be able to watch Star Blazers. He watched it every day and it wasn't on any of my channels, but it was on his and because this was in another city. And uh, we turn it on. We start watching it and the credits begin and I'm like, well, what is this? And he says, they're on like this boat in space and they look like the people from Battle of the Planets, you know, referring to the, the anime style. Right. Right. <laughs> and then his little brother comes in uh, and his little brother threw some sort of fit or something and was mad that we were watching this. Maybe he wanted to watch something else or something, but he hit the TV and knocked it out of alignment and the screen just went blank. <laughs> and like that was it, you know. We were not gonna be able to watch it, and wow. that was my one little touchstone, I guess, to the other anime as a child. But That's yeah, <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> you know, when when I was a kid, um, my brothers would hog the TV, so whatever they liked, I didn't like. And, you know, I would go, like, sometimes if we were, like, at my grandmother's house, we would go, I would go to my grandmother's room and watch whatever I want. And they watched, you know, their, their stuff on the big TV. And I just didn't like whatever. It didn't matter what it was. I just didn't like it. And Star Blazers was one of those things. So I never, uh, I never got into it. Yeah, the concept really intrigued me. And that's why, that's why the live action movie, I was interested in seeing that. And the live action movie, it's not bad. It, it really is more, it feels like a Wing Commander ripoff or riff um, mm-hmm. as far as just the, the, just the interpersonal play between the different characters and, and what I remember of Wing Commander, which is a movie I went to see in the theaters Whoa. for one reason, a reason you can appreciate, Steve. Um. Attached to Wing Commander, the movie, was the trailer for Phantom Menace. Oh, uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wing commander, huh? So, hey, we, we got some uh, actual mail then as well, or rather email. And mm-hmm. this first one is uh, subject matter. A subject line is concerning strangersandaliens.com. It's from Glenn. And Glenn writes to say, my name is Glenn and I found your site today, strangersandaliens.com. I just wrote an article about how you can get paid watching Super Bowl ads. You get paid every 30 minutes, and you can advertise anything you want at no extra charge. Copy and paste my article into a browser and watch my video before the 16th to be a founding member with huge cash bonus paid for three years. So I just want to thank Glenn for offering that uh, opportunity to us. It's wonderful. Wow. Wonderful. 
Uh, this one came in from Google. It says, Hi, podcaster. Thank you for your interest in adding strangers and aliens to Google Play Music. To verify ownership of this podcast, please click the button below. And that's actually a real thing, Steve. Google Play uh, is planning on some sort of podcast thing, and we are going to be in their directory when it goes wow. live. So I am that's excited awesome. about that. Like uh, just us? Yes, we are the only podcast that is going to be a part of that launching. That's awesome. No, not just us, Steve. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, I I thought you perhaps were kidding. Well, you you were correct. Okay. The the just us part, yeah. You were, you're correct about All that. Right. Hey, how about we read a real email? How does sound that sound good. to you? Yeah, yeah, so, good. Does it sound good? All right. Yeah. This is from uh, Pastor Colin. And the subject line is episode 159. And he writes in to say, just wanted to let you know that I was one of the, that, oh, episode 159, that is the four Fantastic movies to watch instead of Fantastic Four. Yeah. And he yeah. says, just wanted to let you know that I think that was one of the best movie reviews I've ever heard. <laughs> I've long been a fan of the Fantastic Four for the very reasons you brought up, and I think that they have completely missed the point, as is the case with most adaptations these days. I'll be watching the movie when I can get a copy for free from my local library. And I just wanted to read that because I think it's really, really funny that basically, you know, a review telling you don't watch this movie, watch these instead, is one of the best movie reviews he's read. So Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah. <laughs> I sort of wish I had, had watched, uh, had listened to your, that podcast before I went to see Fantastic Four because I, I, I may have chosen a different a different venue <laughs> that day. Well, but, uh, you know, it, it did inspire me to, uh, to watch Solaris and uh, I'd never seen it before, never given it a chance. I know it's in Russian. It's, it, it's not dubbed. So you have to read the whole thing. And I think I took, you know, about five days and watched it bit by bit and, uh, you know, got the whole story. And it was, um, it, it, it it's wow! Is that a long movie? <laughs> and it's in Russian, so um, you know if 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 someone wants to give it a try, uh, that would be, you know, I'll just say that's an option. So <laughs> it would be interesting to 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 talk about Solaris sometime. You know, if maybe Evan would sit down and watch it, so all three of us could, you know, maybe. <laughs> Talk about a Solaris sequel or something where we could uh, brainstorm ideas like that. That would be fun. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just don't know how many people I would really want to subject to Solaris just on the off chance that, well, I mean, let's face it. It's long. It's yeah. slow. Yeah. It's good. But some people don't want one out of three. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is from Michael. And he writes in with the subject line of 2001 A Space Odyssey. And Dr. Jace is not here. But we're going to go ahead and read this anyway because he kind of addresses a little bit. But he says, greetings. I've only recently discovered your podcast and website and so I'm playing catch up and loving it. However, 
wanted to offer some comments in response to the many disparaging remarks regarding to Kubrick's 2001 that I have noted in the episodes I have listened to thus far. <laughs> I was nine when I first saw this film in 1968. And although I was confused about the connection between the primates and the monolith and the monolith and the moon, I was greatly affected by Kubrick and Clark's vision. In a sense, this film sparked my interest in sci-fi, which came to fruition when I discovered Star Trek in 1971. Jump to the present. I am an English teacher at a Christian school on Long Island, and for the past two years, I've had the opportunity to teach a film course to some of the 11th graders. This past year, I showed the class, made up of mostly young women, this film. For much of the film, the students were, in turn, confused, bored, intrigued, involved, thrilled, and then confused again. As soon as the plot with Hal kicked in, they really got hooked and were rooting for Dave. And, of course, they were totally baffled by Dave's aging and transformation. Right. As it should, viewing this film raises more questions and sparks more discussion than most or any other sci-fi offering. It was very rewarding to me as a teacher to observe my students as they watch and to hear them try to decipher the images and ideas Kubrick presents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, being um, conversant in the, in the actual novel, in the book, um, is very helpful. In fact, I had a uh, – it was an audio version. It was like an hour of, of the book. And it was you know just parts of it, and a, a lot of it had the uh, the end of it. It had a lot of the end of it in it, and it was interesting because you could really get that sense of what he was going for. When in the movie, there's no words; it's all visuals. And perhaps you know someone might know better than I, but I'm not sure. But perhaps Kubrick was going for a more, you know. Uh, you tell me what you saw in what we what was on the screen, and that's your experience of how you ex, ex, you know understand the movie ending. So maybe he was trying to do something more like that, um, whereas the novel sort of really just fleshes it out and gives you the some some plain facts about it to make it make much more sense more quickly. And the sequels so. go even further, I think, in that. Although yeah. 2010, the movie also spelled things out a little bit more than I would have liked, I think. Um, but there's no way you're going to be able to do a sequel to 2001 and have the same effect as 2001. Right. You have to make a different kind of movie if you're going to make a sequel to that that kind of a movie. And right. yeah, 2001 and 2010, it's an interesting little two-piece. Um, that'd be an interesting topic, too, to talk about sequels that maybe we've already talked about doing this episode. Maybe we did do this episode. You know, after after 150, I just kind of lose track. But um, <laughs> talking about done... sequels that that just take things in a different direction than the original. I don't know if we brought up to, to, uh, 2010. It, it would be nice to to do an episode where we, you know, everyone doing the episode watches both one right after the other, and then we can talk about how, you know, what the how we feel about. Of course, it, that would right? involve getting people to watch 2001. Yeah, which so Doctor Jace probably wouldn't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'll say this right now. I I love two thousand one. I do, and it's one of those where I just I I know that I'm not going to be able to make people share my appreciation. And in fact, the fact that you were able to get your group of young students to watch it and right. engage with it, that's, I mean, those are people who 
are either really, really wanting to please you or they are really, really into the subject matter of film. Yeah. Uh, or, well, I don't know what else they could, <laughs> there could be. Uh, because it is something that, especially now with the pacing of, of entertainment now, that, that is a very, it, well, it's a different pace. And yeah. you really have to be ready to settle in and appreciate it. And yeah. appreciate the visuals of it. It is a visual story. It is not a plot-driven story. It is a visually driven cinema. And mm -hmm. I've actually had people complain that it's not even really a movie because it doesn't have a story, <laughs> you know? And Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's a movie. Yeah. It's groundbreaking. Sure. I mean, it is groundbreaking in so many different ways. And yeah, it's one of those where if you are interested in sci-fi, you need to watch it. Yeah. And, but you know, when you it might be homework watching, for you, but try to appreciate it. Right. And when you're watching other shows like, uh, you know, Phineas and Ferb will will uh, reference, yeah. you know, 2001 A Face Odyssey, as Space Odyssey. Um, and, you know, other other shows will reference oh, what was the, the, uh, the memes and the things like that. So Interstellar. Um, Interstellar definitely referenced it as well. Did it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quite quite heavily, actually. So, but yeah, so, you know, it, it's one of those films where if, if you don't see it, you're not going to get some of the, you know, the, the little tips and tricks and stuff that they, <laughs> other, mm -hmm. other things throw in. Yeah. But, oh man. Uh, if you watch 2010, you, you're not going to catch a lot of stuff that they reference that comes from the movie 2001. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be another interesting episode idea. I should be writing this down. Um, movies that happen in specific years that have already happened, like kind of a chronology of the future, right? You know, yeah. so like, like 1984, 2001, 2010, all these very specific. It's going to be like this in Death that race year. Death Race 2000. Death Race 2000. <laughs> and, and just kind of build a, a chronology. Yeah. Of the future that didn't happen. That could be fun. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A future. Um, piecing together the future. By looking at the past. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we have one more that we're going to do. And again, I just need to say, uh, I apologize for not being on top of all of our feedback and for some of this feedback that's gotten, like I said, escaped through the cracks. Um, I was just telling Steve that we do, and this is part of the problem, uh, the email account for Strangers and Aliens, we get about a dozen spam messages in that email account every day. Yeah. And so, you know, so in the last, well, let's say the last month, if you want to go back to uh, this this email that came uh, beginning of October that we're about to read, uh, there's, uh, you know, 70 or so. So maybe a dozen a day is a, is a little bit of exaggeration, but five dozen a month. So, wow. Yeah. And it's, it's all stuff like I just read people who want to fix our website, uh, people who want to offer us, uh, writing jobs for, yeah, it's just weird stuff. <laughs> weird, 
weird stuff. Weird. But this uh, email from October is from John. And he's someone that I've uh, been in communication with every once in a while, back and forth, uh, through Strangers and Aliens. And he's one who has asked for, a number of times has asked for us to talk about horror movies a little mm-hmm. bit more as a genre. Um, and to that, I hope he, he liked the the solo reviews that I did of, of Crimson Peak and The Visit uh, recently. But he writes in and says, hello, gentlemen. Uh, it's been a while since you've addressed feedback, but... But I needed to get this off my chest. I've never kept it a secret that I'm an avid fanboy of the horror genre, and I've been an apologist for it for years due to the fact that it is not found to be favorable among most Christians. In this instance, I do need to interject in regards to the most recent episode in which some rather disparaging remarks that were made about The Exorcist. Where I can respect the idea that this movie is not for everybody, and it isn't, where I take issue is the remarks that were cast to reduce it to a gore fest and that the only reason anybody would see it was for the blood and guts. Again, I would have had no issue if it were left at, I'm not the demographic this movie was made for, and thus I would not enjoy it. But the comments made marginalize the movie to nothing but a wanton splatterfest, and would lead me to believe that the individuals who made such remarks either hadn't seen the movie or hadn't seen it in so long they had forgotten what the movie was in exchange for the sweeping generalizations perpetuated by church cliches. The Exorcist is far from a gore fest. There's very little blood and no guts at all, as has been espoused. In fact, there was more gore in movies that the crew had reviewed in a more positive light in previous episodes. For example, the Alien franchise, Jaws, The Fly, etc. Now to address the hard-to-watch comment, yes, there is some blasphemy and spiritually intense moments in this movie. And I understand if people don't want to watch it because of such scenes, but this is a story in which a young girl is possessed by a demon. This is the way a demon, who by nature would be anti-Christ and anti-morality, would react and conduct itself. If anything, it exposes true evil for what it is, rather than trying to sanitize it or romanticize it as most films seem to do anymore. On this level, really, the only thing you can accuse this movie of being is effective. The intention for the audience to see evil and to be repulsed by it, and I would suggest that they succeeded in this. Now, for my final grievance, the implied dismissal of the story of the movie. The actual story of the movie is about a priest who is losing his faith and, spoiler alert, I'm sorry I'm not playing the organ, but um, <laughs> and uh, finds it again through the process of dealing with the situation presented in the movie. It is actually a powerful story and in no means should be reduced or dismissed. If the movie has any theme, it would be finding faith in an age of reason and science. Please take this communication as it was intended. I'm not one of those people who gets upset if someone isn't into what they like. I merely wanted to set the facts straight about this movie. It is considered a classic in many film institutions for a reason. When it is haphazardly relegated as nothing more than a splatterfest, you put it into the same category as Drek, like The Wizard of Gore or Hostel. And that simply isn't what this movie is. Sincerely, John, the lone Christian horror fan. Um. Yeah, and and so some of the comments that I think the quoted comments, especially that were made, are from you, Steve, mm-hmm. um, and some of the maybe the implied comments might have been been from me. Although I haven't okay. seen the movie, I think I, I made that pretty clear when we were talking about mm-hmm. The Exorcist. I, I haven't seen it. I have seen scenes from it. I've mm-hmm. seen especially the scenes you know on the bed and with the vomit and right. the, the which is. 
not the literal definition of gore, but it's gross. You know, there's there's gross stuff going on there, and I've seen some of the stuff uh, about uh, with with the uh, you know clips with the possession and with with the priest. Um, but I have not seen The Exorcist, and I've avoided it mainly for the reasons, though, that I think Steve, you have that you take issue with the movie about. Right, right. Um, and I just cannot bring myself to watch a young girl say the things and yeah. do the things that I have heard that she says and does. Yeah. And because this is a real human actor. Right. Who is being... A 13-year-old girl. Yeah. Who was asked to do these things. I have a problem with that, and and that goes outside the context of the movie in some ways. Um, but that's that's where my problem is, and and that's the same with why is it different for a violent movie where you're watching things and a sexually explicit movie? Mm-hmm. Well, those are actual people, you know, and they are uh, if they're not doing the things they're very close to doing the actual things with each other. And, and as of the, I guess the difference there as a viewer though, is you are being invited to take part as well yeah. in, in your mind and, and in the violence, it's, it's a little bit different, but yeah. So Steve, I know you had a couple comments. We're not, we're going to keep it pretty. <laughs> uh, now this is relatively speaking, since I am handing it over to you, Steve. Uh, pretty <laughs> short because my... we've had our we've kind of had our say, and also I mean that's part of why we do the feedback episodes is to give you the listeners your chance to say. But we do want to have a little bit of a reaction to it, and right. and right. that's mine oh. is is just that's why I've stayed away from this this movie. So yeah, I'll do my absolute best to try to be succinct. Blood and guts. I meant it was an expression. Uh, you know, I, not to describe the details of the movie. It was more to give a, a very quick gloss of the type of stuff that you could see there. Um, there's visible open wounds on the little girl for a lot of the movie. There's vomit in one scene, and yes, there is blood, so there's you know, that type of stuff. Um, but you know, if, if that's not what John would call a blood and guts movie, okay, so be it. There is blood, there is guts. So. <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, he's talking about, I think, when you call something a gore fest, that implies right. a large amount of it. Right. right. And, and I think so, that's that's yeah, that's so where he's maybe, coming from. Maybe I'm more sensitive to uh, a little bit of blood and guts, and I'd call that blood and guts, and he's more sensitive to a lot of it. So it's it's one of those things. Um, and also, of course, it's not one of the goriest films, um, but you know, it's it's using gore for gore's sake. It's gross out gore. It's not showing violent death like in Jaws or body horror like in The Fly. Um, the Alien franchise I th- probably gets more of a pass because it's science fiction horror. And a lot of, you know, it's not, it doesn't look like real life. It's science fiction-y. So I think a lot of that gets a, a pass. Um, the mother in the film is just, she's just playing over the top using obscenities and profanities. But to me, and this should be for any discerning Christian. The writing or directing or even producing a script that calls for an actual 12 or 13-year-old girl to use the F word while stabbing herself with a crucifix is morally reprehensible. Okay, now I know that uh, Mercedes McCambridge was doing the voice of the girl or the demon, um, but 
still, it's the words coming out of her mouth. Um, I don't know what they gave her as a script to work from, but if they're giving her the same script that Mercedes McCambridge is using, you know, they're having a, a 12 or 13 year old girl say this and, you know, stabbing herself with the crucifix. And it's not documentary footage. So when you take the original story, and this is, this is why it's a little bit disingenuous to me. The original story in real life happened with a 12-year-old boy, okay? And in the novel, in the movie, they change it to be a 12-year-old girl. Do you need to have that teased out why they changed it to a 12-year-old girl why watching a 12-year-old boy do the same things and say the same things wouldn't have the same effect. So it's rooted in this real-life event, and they changed it so it would have a worse effect or you know, a, a different effect for the viewing audience. So they're using a, a girl instead of a boy. If the intent of the film was to really expose true evil, how can we gauge how effective it has been? You know, simply seeing... This Hollywood version of evil, and again, it's Hollywood evil. It's Hollywood demons. You know, it's all along you're you're exposing the supernatural world and saying the supernatural world exists. Here's a demon who is proof of the supernatural world, and he's saying stuff, you know, about God and things like that. So you're proving that God exists. And then instead of having God come in and doing a deus ex machina thing, which would make sense because you've proven that God exists and he's coming to save the, the person who's trying to do something on his behalf, the, the priest, spoiler, you know, the priest basically calls the demon into himself to possess himself and then kills himself. And it's like, first of all, that's not going to get rid of the demon because the demon will just, it's a spiritual entity. It'll pass on to something else. It's not like, oh no, I'm trapped in a dead body. It's not how it works. It just devolves into a cliched, you know, the apostate hero defeats the villain and recommits himself while dying type of ending, which, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a humanist understanding of, of how that whole thing works. And it's not how demons work. They, they're subtle, you know, you don't see a lot of demonic activity. Most of it is, you know, goofy type stuff. You know, the haunting of a house or something like that. I mean, you you don't see that in real life because if they did that, it would prove to more people that there is a supernatural realm. And that's what people are trying to deny when they're going against Christ. Although, okay, I'm going to step in here a little bit. Go ahead. It does happen. Demon possession is real. It is, but and you don't. it happen i mean it does happen it's not you, it, you can say you don't see it very often but you make a movie because of the extraordinary not because of the mundane and i understand what you're saying steve but along with that i'd say a lot of what you're saying could be taken for almost anything that you're watching that, right, that but, deals with good and evil and that deals with hollywood's you know picture of, of good and evil and right but but trying to say that it's it's something that is a, a valid representation of the spiritual realm or spiritual warfare you can't say that because it's all hollywoodized but you can't say that about anything then i mean there's no, no. there's there's very little in 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 the the film industry that you can take and, and say that it, it, it accurately shows you know whatever and that's kind of what this podcast is about <laughs> you know but um, 
this is something that um, uh, say what you will, it's artfully made. And it definitely hit John in a different way than it hit you. There's so many lines that they crossed in making this film that you can make a film and not cross those lines and have it be entertaining. And so with that, uh, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. And thank you for listening, everyone. And I would like to just say, Steve, do you have anything to say for your for a sign-off here? Yeah, I would say, uh, hey, listeners, find some horror films that are well done, that don't um, you know, cross those lines. And let's put together a list of them, and maybe we can uh, do a little uh, extracurricular watching and uh, make, make a, a really cool uh, horror podcast, you know, at least an episode of it. So, John, you know, please send, send ones in that you think don't cross that line and that would be uh, beneficial for us to, to take a look at. And Exorcist probably won't get watched, though. No. no. <laughs> I, I just can't help feeling that there's kind of a... Uh, for, for John, I almost feel like there's a... It's a, a horror movie version of some of the, the guff that I take for um, liking some of the sci-fi that I like. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... Yeah, I actually like 2001. I like Solaris. I like Star Trek, the motion picture. No one else in the world does. <laughs> but John, I, I did want to make sure that we read uh, your email so that you could uh, speak uh, and and have have your voice heard about what you thought about The Exorcist and, and also about what you thought about what we thought about The Exorcist. Of course, now Steve has just added some fuel to the fire about what he <laughs> thinks about The Exorcist. Um and so maybe there'll be another round. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so that's 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 all for there. So I do want to say, everyone, thank you for listening. And uh, really, until next time, uh, all, all I can say now is, is Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.